Hello, and welcome to the Measure Up Podcast, a show dedicated to helping marketers and analytics professionals know what's working, what's not, and how to measure it all. Join me, Jim Genolio, and my co-host, Simon Polden, as we talk to people just like you who are dealing with the marketing measurement challenges in today's world and learn best practices, tips, and actionable advice. Hey, everyone. It's Jim here. Before we get to the episode, I have a real quick announcement. For the last three years, we've been holding MeasureCamp North America as a virtual event. If you're not familiar with MeasureCamp, it's an open, free-to-attend unconference different than any other digital analytics conference you've been to. The attendees are the speakers. Anyone who wants to speak can, and it's an amazing event to be part of. But as good as the virtual event was, there's just something about being in person. And coming up in 2024, we have not one, but two in-person measure camps in the United States. The first one is in Austin, Texas on Saturday, March 2nd. And the second one, which I'm involved with and will be attending, is in New York on Saturday, April 13th. Now, because the tickets are free and space is limited, you have to act quick to secure a spot. And that's why I'm excited to tell you, if you're watching this or listening to this early in the morning on December 20th, we've just released the first batch of tickets for Measure Camp New York. That's right. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, December 20th. Get them while they last. Just go to newyork.measurecamp.org. That's newyork.measurecamp.org and get your ticket today. Now on to the show. Simon, I, I see you're wearing a, a Santa hat. I am. Yeah. That time the, of year. It's the 12 days of data. Um, I'm getting really into, uh, I don't know, c- cleaning up databases and making sure that Santa knows I'm a good boy. Uh, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting in the spirit. You know, it's, uh, it, I can't believe, and we'll say this every year until the end of time, but I can't believe that 2023 is already coming to a conclusion. Uh, it, it, you know, especially I think the pandemic messed with everyone's sense of time and place. It definitely did for me. Um, uh, this year has felt a little bit longer, um, uh, but it's also felt like a bit of a return to normalcy and, you know, seeing people in, in person and uh, just a lot of amazing things have happened this year, both good and yep. bad. Oh yeah. We've, I mean, we've both experienced some roller coasters. I was going to say, is, is this finally like a year where we can stop saying, oh, thank God this year is over. Like yeah, I think felt like 2020, 2021, even 22 yeah. was like kind of that. I feel like, like you said, it's kind of a return to some sense of normalcy and it's like, yeah, okay, it's just another year now. Yeah. I think, well, and, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I chat with folks. I think there is a, there are degrees of optimism that I'm seeing out there in the world and, and folks, uh, uh, uh again, they're flying places and meeting up with people and, this was the year that I, yeah, I got to, I got to see a lot of folks in person. Um, and it's also the year that I now have a lot of confidence, uh, in, in building a, building a new team out, which is, which is pretty exciting. But of course, I think for me personally, one of the biggest highlights that I had, um, was having you invite me part of this journey with you on the measure up podcast. Oh, and it is so much better, more fun, oh. more like well-rounded. I love um, it. I mean, those initial, I don't know how many episodes I did. So like, just myself and a guest and it was just daunting and it's like you know you always have to be the person who's like on and asking the questions and yeah. smart and say smart things and 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 now i get to just let you say all the smart things and <laughs> i get to look smart by proxy so no no i i <laughs> see i was a big fan before you asked me to join of course um and i think Every week I would listen to the episode and or every month I'd listen to the episode and I'd send you a note afterwards and be like, that was really interesting. What about this? Or, um, gosh, what was it? It was, um, forget, uh, uh, I think it was in the very first episode, I think uh, Gabrielle was talking about um, 
the political correctness of, of, of Robin. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, and, and, but I think we, we found that degree of shared curiosity together. And I, I love being along on this ride. And I, I think that 2024 is going to be um, an even more amazing year for us. And, and certainly I, I do, I do want to thank anyone and everyone who, who's taken the opportunity to listen to us and given us a moment of your day or uh, maybe a, you know, a, a, a recurring moment. If you, if you subscribe, that's amazing. Um, but I think we had some, some pretty exciting numbers this year, right? It, you know, we wouldn't be an analytics podcast without talking about our own analytics. So um, how did, how, how did we do this year? Yeah. So yeah, if the listeners haven't been able to tell us so far, like this is not a typical episode. We, we don't no, have any guests not. today. This is just us kind of geeking out and, and reviewing the year and yeah. thinking about what's happened over the past year and specifically with the podcast. Uh, you know, the numbers, I, I had no idea what to expect. Uh, so the plus side of that is that I'm pleasantly surprised. So if I would have set like really huge goals, then I might not be, you know, happy about them, but I'm, I'm super thrilled with what we have so far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, my, my goal is always like, you know, you put something on LinkedIn and maybe like 25 people like it and you're like, yeah, I gotta, like, you know, <laughs> right? there's a bunch of people out there who are engaging with my stuff. Um, but the podcast is the next level. It, 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 the, the, the reach, the engagement, it's, um, it's phenomenal, but uh, yeah, back to you. Cause I, I think you've got some cool stuff to share. Yeah. And so much fun. Like, as you know, as, as data geeks like us like to look at numbers and, and, and digest things, um, there's, it's interesting because like with podcasting, and this was one of the fun things I wanted to get into podcasting for, or I was looking as like a side benefit to understand podcasting analytics. Cause I'd never, it was always like a black box. I'd never known what data was there. So I was curious to see what numbers there are. And it's, it's so, it, it's so, um, what's the word? Like, um, it's like a century behind. Yeah. Right? Like it, when we I, think hey. of like web analytics and, yeah. and GA4 and Snowflake and, and server side and this, like the, the type of, of maturity and sort of a web analytics platform is like one thing yeah. like, that we're used to. And then like there's podcast analytics. That's like, right. Hit it's, count- like, it's basically hit counters. I was going to say it's GeoCities. In a, it, exactly. Yeah, sign my guest book. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's limited. Um, although, although, you know, there are platforms like YouTube that are phenomenal and give you all kinds of amazing insights. And if you're, if you're running on there, you get this incredible lens. But when you look at, you know, Spotify, you're like, I don't know what to make of this. This is, yeah. this is so ambiguous and tiny and yeah. And, and the data quality. So speaking of an upcoming yes. episode that we we're oh, coming up on data quality, we'll save that for the end. Yes. Um, you know, when you're trying to figure out the data and, and merge it all together, it's nearly impossible. Cause like you have, YouTube views, which aren't quite the same as podcast listens. But then if you pull the numbers from Spotify, they have their definition of what a listen is. It's like mm-hmm. 60 seconds or more of someone playing it. And then Apple has their own definition and Google Podcasts has their own definition. And then if you look at your uh, whatever company you're hosting the podcast with, they have their number, which is like downloads and mm-hmm. you can't deduplicate anything. And it's just all like a bunch of different numbers. So right. And to, to throw fun things into the mix, uh, we uh, switched podca- podcast hosting providers uh, towards the end of November. So now like we have to mesh numbers from this platform with this other platform. It's just, it's, it's you know, what we're used to with data quality issues. But yeah. nonetheless, yes. uh, I won't delay anymore. The, the Although, numbers, sorry, you, you brought up uh, the deduplication piece, and, uh, but I'm like, are there really folks who are listening on multiple platforms? I mean, I would love it if that's the case, <laughs> uh, but... I, I, I look at this and I, go, these are probably, you know, fairly in their own lane. 
I, I could see a crossover between someone listening to a podcast and then like switching over to YouTube. At a like I, I have to watch I've done these guys. I need to see yeah. the the faces behind these voices. Yeah, they're there's they're a handful disappointed. Of... Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, uh, folks. Well, they're wearing it's a Santa hat. Uh, so if you are listening to this on uh, audio only, uh, you're missing out on a, uh, on a on a nifty little hat. Maybe, maybe next year we'll do Fun Hat Day uh, for like April Fools or something. Uh, who knows? These are the um, kinds of uh, witty, amazing ideas that I bring to the pod that uh, that, that Jim was talking about earlier. And this uh, is what has gotten us six thousand nine hundred thirty-one downloads slash listens, however you want to call it. And that's what amazing. that means is, I don't know, is it 60 seconds of play and that's the maximum or is the number of times the file was requested? It's something like that. So, right. you know. I, yeah. But- I mean, we, we, we know on YouTube, like the average watch time and, and those kind of things, which, which I think is um, is, a, is a good pulse. But at the end of the day, we all know how averages work and that that number doesn't actually represent anyone. Um, so no, no one actually listened for 12 minutes. Uh, it was either you listened for a minute or you listened to the whole thing. Um, and, and it's just, a, you know, a very long tail. Yeah, if anyone at YouTube Analytics is listening, a box and whiskers plot would be great. Oh yes, you know, I would love that. Who... <laughs> yeah, um, let's, so yeah, let's, let's you know. find someone from from YouTube Analytics and interview them. I, I would yeah. love to get into the, that crazy world. Yeah, yeah. So, so really high numbers here. We'll we'll kind of get through this. Uh, yep. So yeah, almost seven thousand listens across YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify. So, uh, YouTube was sixteen about sixteen hundred uh, listens. For a total of almost 200 hours yeah. of of listen time, which just boggles me that people are watching us right now and and listening to us. Maybe they're not watching. Maybe it's yeah. like on a side screen or something. I don't. Yeah. Know. Anyway, still still interesting there. Uh, Apple had 2,800 um, listens, 2,200 on Spotify, and lonely 246 on Google Podcasts, which is my podcast <laughs> player that I use. And unfortunately, after I think it's April of next year, it's they're killing it off, so they are. moving everyone. I mean, it wouldn't be a YouTube. Google product if it wasn't uh, in line to be uh, executed. So I'm still upset that Google's killing their domains product. All oh. my domains I've purchased through Google, and now I'm going to have to deal with that whole situation. I finally got my own name. I finally got simonpolton.com. Uh, nice. Some guy in the UK who was a lawyer bought it in like the 90s. And so I've just been sitting here my whole life. As did you wait until it expired or did you buy it? I, I wait till he I waited till he retired uh, and <laughs> I, 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 and I looked up when he when his domain registration was happening every year and every year I would sit on it and just wait to see is he going to renew it uh, <laughs> oh. and this year he didn't so uh, hooray so awesome. 2023 <laughs> the year I, <laughs> so, I sniped the domain from a guy with the same name as me someone uh, in the UK someone yeah. from someone in the UK is like oh yeah, you stole my domain my name. yeah exactly his family right, so that- gone nuts because he's like ah oh, Simon Poulton I'm going to come for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah no, it's it's been a huge year. And then of course, the, not just the folks who have have downloaded and listened, but the folks who actually have become fans and and have really you know taken that affinity to to a level that um, they want to hear from us on a recurring basis. Like that obviously means the world to us. And I'm I'm going to do that YouTube thing, and I'm going to say smash like and subscribe. No, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say, look, it it means the world to us when you do subscribe and when when. You know that you get that recurring note that that hey we've got a new episode because um, it's hard to promote these kind of things and what we're doing hopefully is a labor of love and something that you will find really interesting in all facets of of um, analytics but we'll we'll get to that later but what about subscribers how many of those do we have so across platforms again the same same four platforms uh, five hundred forty six um, yeah 100, 104 on YouTube one hundred and seventeen on Apple 
288 on Spotify and 37 on Google Podcasts. So this was interesting. So Spotify has 53% of our followers versus Apple's 21%. Yeah. But if you look at plays or listens, Apple has 41% compared to Spotify's 32%. So it's kind of flipped. That is Which is kind of, I don't know what to read from that. Like people are more likely to follow but not listen as much on Spotify versus Apple. They're discovering us. Yeah, um, organically and listening, but not following. It's interesting behavior. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about the Apple um, podcast UI to, I guess, have a have an informed view of if there's any UI um, inter- interactions um, here. But I, I do as a as an avid Spotify user. Um, I subscribe to a lot of things, right? You just click follow. It's, it's very, very simple. Um, but then what I find sometimes is they don't actually bring that back up in my feed, even if I've subscribed to something, because it all depends about what I've listened to recently. And so that is a bit of a, um, you know, because there's a lot of things I listen to that I haven't subscribed to that just they're the top of my feed. And then the stuff that I actually do subscribe to, I have to go down and I have to like hunt it down and, and find these things. So, yeah. Interesting. But, See, this is what I like about Google Podcasts is yeah. when you subscribe to something, you have the option to say, receive notifications for new episodes. Mm-hmm. And I always turn those on for the ones I want. And then whenever there's a new episode, I get the notification and... See, I think they have that on Spotify. I just, uh, for whatever reason, I think I'm so deep into Spotify at this point that I, it's like organizing a photo album. It's like, you've got so much stuff in there and or it's like organizing a database perhaps. Um, so but no, it'd be, it, yeah. yeah, I'm going to be switching over to Spotify. I think that's, that's what right. I've chosen because I've looked at well, others. Amazon music has theirs and yeah, I, I'm just going to go with Spotify. Get it, get excited we'll about Spotify one. wrapped. It's going to be, oh, yeah. it's going to be a big S- year for you. Speaking of Spotify Wrapped, yes. as a podcast host on Spotify, we get our own little Spotify Wrapped that gives Great. us information. And, um, you know, total numbers of guests that we've had so far, 15, of oh. which, Simon, you were one of the- I was. Uh, one of the I best. Um, oh, well, duh. Too kind. If, Carry if on. We look, <laughs> if we look at um, the, the total number of listens or n- number of downloads, um, we look at the best episode based on downloads, we're looking at- it's a little bit skewed because I just looked at total downloads, which obviously the ones that were earlier on have more time to be downloaded. Mm-hmm. So no code MMM with Gabriel Franco, the first episode that came out, also the most downloaded with 502. But I would say it also has the highest number of 60, you know, 30 days, 60 day, 90 day downloads. Mm-hmm. So like the first mm-hmm. 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So it's definitely above and beyond. I don't know what happened with that one, um, but it, people just really dug it and continue to. And it's also, according to Spotify, the, the most shared episode uh-huh. and it was streamed 85% more than our average episode. Well, Gabriel is a, he, he's a, he's a very good voice on the topic of MMM. Um, and also I think, you know, the reality is some of the episodes that we've had have been fairly technical on the MMM side where they aren't necessarily great for those folks who are really just trying to get their feet wet. Um, but if, if you listen to that episode in particular, um, you know, it, it, it makes MMM very accessible. Um, it, you know, th- he talks a lot about Robin. Obviously, we talked about the political correctness of Robin. Um, and, and basically, I mean, I, I don't know of any more accessible MMM platform than Cassandra at this moment in time, just in terms of, you know, price point and um, ease of uh, uh, introduction. Um, obviously, there are lots of things to consider when, when choosing a platform there. But I, I do think that that's maybe why is uh, is those factors. But uh, we'll have to have to go back to the drawing board and I think it could be really interesting to do some kind of uh, analysis of the, um, the the guests that we have on and the number of uh, LinkedIn followers that they have relative yeah. to the to the um, engagement that we see because yeah, that, that would, would be probably be a, yeah it'd be a very interesting coefficient so yeah because yeah LinkedIn is the main platform that we use to share it so yes. probably probably some correlation there for sure uh, so after after Gabrielle the second second most episode um, 
was with Mike Taylor. Marketing, memetics, and measurement with Mike Taylor. 371 Gee. downloads. Uh, also, that was the second episode. <laughs> so the first two episodes are one and two. Um, but according to our Spotify draft, 38% of our streams come from the U.S., with our top countries being United States, United Kingdom, Australia, uh, the Netherlands, and Sweden. So hello to all of our listeners out in those countries and Indeed. all the other countries as well. Yes. And, and if, if you're listening to this and you're in New Zealand, uh, that's where I'm from. Uh, so let's go beat Australia. Uh, I know, right? See what we can do to knock <laughs> Australia off the top. But if you're listening to Australia, thank you. Uh, we do appreciate you. Um, but uh, obviously... I'm here for the Kiwis, uh, so um, <laughs> nice. going down Australia. It's uh, even right. though you took it, yeah. They New Zealand hasn't had a great sporting year. Um, Australia's beaten us in a lot of things, but anyway, uh, on yeah, the Netherlands and Sweden. So uh, uh, appreciate uh, all those um, all those folks in Europe. And hey, maybe we'll um, yeah. I mean, Canada. I'm hoping that we'll see some growth in Canada. That 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 seems like yeah, a, you know, they're on our doorstep. Like, you know, feels like we should get some Canada. I mean, yeah. we've had some Canadian guests on. We, we had Dana, absolutely. Um, so we we'll have some more next year. Absolutely. Yeah, lots lots of Canadians out there that love analytics. So. Yeah. But anyway. Now, in the realm of, of metrics that have absolutely no meaning, but are nonetheless interesting. Ah, yes. <laughs> like, sounds like 95% our, of the reports I see. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so our listeners' top music genres. Remember, this is Spotify wrapped. So Spotify knows what music you listen to and podcasts you listen to. So our top, uh, our listeners' top music genres are pop, rack, Rack, not rack. Rack. That would be. So the third one is like, rap. Yeah, like, the second yeah. one is rock. Rock and like, rap, I guess, is rap. Lincoln I Park. I would call them rap. <laughs> I think so, yeah. they fall into that. Yeah. Pop music number one. Rock music number two. Rap is number three. Apparently, we don't jive with country music or polka. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what's up with that. I figured polka would be a shoe in for, for you would think, three, but no. yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta work on that. Um, yeah. yeah, with the with the I don't know who listens to polka music. I, mean, uh, I know Weird Al's on top of my, my Weird Al list. So yeah, but it's I mean, that kind of counts. Or is that I pop? I I think no. it, I think that's comedy pop. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see though how Weird Al indexes as a musician versus as, as a comedian. <laughs> um, but no, that yeah. that yeah, I mean that makes sense. And it was funny during the Spotify rap they did they did there was a <laughs> they did they they had some interesting statistics about like people in this town uh, have very similar uh, listenership to you. But it was found that it was actually all made up. There was no actual real correlation. Really? Yeah, because all these people started comparing. They're like, well, I like rap and punk and hip hop. Uh, and it said that I look like people in Billings, Montana. And then someone else <laughs> was like, well, I like country, spoken word, and political podcasts. And it says I'm Billings, Montana, too. And you're like, how? Uh, how is, yeah. So that's uh, don't, don't play fast and loose with the data storytelling. You know, I think that's, sure, a, that's a lesson we can all take home. You know, you, you, you breed mistrust in the data. You do. You do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Culture, so ra- right. Rounding out the metrics here, um, we are a top ten podcast for 157 people, a top five podcast for 102 people, Woo! and we are the number one podcast for 18 people. I don't oh. know what that means. Number one, I'm assuming it means the the podcast that they listen to the most. I yes, yes, or so something maybe like- the most, or maybe the coverage of the podcast relatively. You know, because like the, there are a lot of podcasts that are like daily that come out, but I don't listen to a lot of their episodes. But sure. I listen to it more frequently because we only do monthly. Um, but I guess maybe, yeah, well, thank you to our extended families um, yeah. for being uh, for our number one uh, spot on your uh, Spotify. I know my dad listens sometimes. Um, he has no idea about the world of uh, data and, and analytics. Although he was in marketing his whole life, so I'm sure he enjoys it. And uh, so, hi, Dad. Awesome. Hey, yeah. Thomas, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But no, seriously, thank you so much to all these folks. It, it, this is why we do it, right, is to... 
is to know that we um, we, we are engaging this community. Um, a lot, I don't know if uh, many folks know the backstory, but Jim and I actually originally connected by way of uh, Measure Camp. Um, so Measure Camp, of course, being the uh, global uh, measurement unconference where uh, there's no set agenda. Um, you know, they have the, these in-person meetings around the world. Uh, and, and it's just, it's, it's a wonderful event, huge in Europe. Um, and we wanted to bring that to the United States uh, and then COVID hit. And so, <laughs> of course, uh, with COVID hitting, was actually a maybe a really great opportunity for us here uh, because the, you know there was one in Austin, there was one in San Francisco previously. We wanted to see it more, you know, in different regions. But this was the opportunity for us to come together as as a country and or as a continent, as a continent North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and so that's so Canadians, if you're listening, um, you know, we're, we're we're all about supporting analytics in Canada. Uh, but that moment was something that um, Jim and I looked at each other with a few other folks, and we got together and we actually were on the organizing committee for those Measure Camp North America uh, events. Um, and that's really how this whole journey began uh, as we intertwined our journeys and we found that, hey, we knew a lot of similar folks and we would just bounce analytics conversations around and, and just have fun with it. Um, and we noticed, I think, at that point that, hey, we can do this. We we love bringing the analytics community together. There's a shared love and enthusiasm for being curious about these things. Hey, it's um, Jim so that's really here the backstory of the pot. For anyone who is curious, it's the backstory of the full I've pot. Got to tell you but about that's the backstory of me joining the show. Yeah. Uh, that's a free newsletter that provides resources on how to effectively measure your market. Uh, you know, I've, so I've always cutting edge I, tools. I listen to way, way, way too many podcasts. So readers can make smarter junkie. decisions with their yes. marketing dollars. And so, like, can sign I think up today. Probably a lot of people M -M -M that listen to a lot of podcasts probably have that same back to the idea. Show. Like, oh, I should start my own. So, sure. you know, I, I always, I've always been curious and like kind of thinking about it. Um, and my brother had a podcast for a long time. Um, he was a um, uh, creative journalism uh, major, uh, creative, creative narrative nonfiction. Creative nonfiction. Yeah. I'm, I'm butchering his, okay. his field of expertise, um, but he had a, a podcast called Green on Podcast. What is creative nonfiction? I thought nonfiction was real stuff. So it's telling stories, telling true stories, but uh -huh. doing it from a sort of like character driven and uh, not just saying okay. this happened and then this happened and then George sure. Washington crossed the river and then he was the what, right, right, right. It's, it's like, like telling it in more of a story. Pretending to be one of Washington's sh uh, soldiers. And yeah. documenting like the real events that maybe occurred during that journey. And, and you're like, you know, like, like then we set forth onto the battlefield and you're like, so maybe that person didn't exist, but everything around them was real. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I'm not the expert here. Like, so yeah. obviously I take what with I say. With anyway, anyway, sorry. Back yeah. to the, your brother had a <laughs> podcast. He had a, yeah. <laughs> he had a podcast. So like that was also there. I'm like, oh, maybe my brother had done it and maybe I could do it too. And then, so one day. Uh, you know, fatefully, I was on on LinkedIn as one is at the end of the year, and I, you know, I, I put a, a a quick note out on LinkedIn. I said, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Someone, please talk me out of it." And and I got the opposite response, which was, you know, kind of what I was hoping for. You know, people saying, "Yeah, go do it, go do it." And so yeah, people kind of cheered me on, and I'm like, okay. After after the response I got, I kind of thought, okay, maybe I can do this. Um, but the the clincher was that. My wife ended up buying me a, a really nice microphone for Christmas that year. So uh, that kind of locked me in like, I, now I had to, right? So that was that was kind of the origin story. So I uh, wanted get to- get a nice microphone, this. you start a podcast. That's sort of the- there you go. The play. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, but yeah, so it, I guess it, to, to boil down, you know, it, it sort of is the right place, right time, but- we both had some some really interesting years um, that I think we've alluded to a couple times, and um, maybe we can well we can touch on that in a bit. But maybe we'll just start with a rundown of some of the highlights and lowlights of 
What happened in 2023? Three, three. We need like an echo of maples. I've been petitioning, by the way. You may have heard on some of our, our pods. Uh, at one point, we had the... Um, what do we have? The Captain Planet theme song. We had uh, applause. I love soundboards. I think they are hilarious. I would like more reggae horn usage. Um, if you too would like uh, more of that, let us know in the comments uh, because I'd be all about that. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe we'll get that uh, in, in the new year. But uh, that's what I was hoping for to then was like, a, what are the highlights and lowlights? Lowlights, lowlights, lowlights. Just anyway. Wah, wah, wah. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Okay. Um, God. Um, all right. Yeah, let's, so there's let's, a lot. To do. Yeah. 2023 was uh, a, a busy year. A lot of big things happening. Uh, the, the biggest one was probably like, if we're talking about like things that affect everyone, not just us, but, yeah. uh, it's gotta be universal, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fairly well, uh, the platform that, uh, many of us built a career on, um, that many of us fell in love with analytics, uh, uh upon, um, the whole time dealing with the uh, realities of, you know, data is, 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 is being torn away from us, but we still can hold on to this majestic beast that is universal analytics. And, you know, we knew it was coming, but we still weren't ready. Uh, we were practically ready. We weren't emotionally ready, I think, uh, as, yeah. uh, as an industry. Well, and, and maybe Google knew that because it was, it was kind of funny when the date came. Yes. Right. And it's like, okay, this is like midnight right. of this day. There were, there were parties. There were literally were. people on Zoom parties. Like, I sat and watched real time analytics <laughs> and I was like, why has it not stopped? It felt like the millennium, but yeah, it, it was just that kept moment. going. Yeah, exactly. And it kept going yeah. for weeks and weeks. Right. And then and some then case months. Those weeks became months exactly. <laughs> and then it was June. Oh no, it was, it was, sorry, when it was, uh, it was September, uh, data was still coming through and I look like, uh, I look like I know nothing, right? Like I had all these clients that I'd been preparing, be like, "You've got to be ready for this." Like, here's the cutoff, and they'd be like, "We're still tracking." Like, good thing we yeah. pushed all those things out of our sprint to work on that thing for you. I'm like, "Thank you, Google. <laughs> I appreciate all you do for me." Uh, yeah. We talked about the highs and lows of that. We talked about um, Dana earlier. Um, if you if you want to check out that episode, that I think for me was one of my personal highlights this year. I really loved that episode. I think Dana Dana is a is a bit of a just savant a genius in the space so she is uh, an excellent voice to listen to in the in the ga world but yeah. so that did happen um and then of course uh you know that tore uh, folks uh, emotionally asunder uh and some of those folks um like uh josh silverbauer i believe um you and him or you were featured on a tribute album uh to google analytics if i'm not mistaken is that is that is that true yeah yeah so josh and and jason packer and a whole lot of other people um were involved in i i was one of i just a small part i was invited and, and so you know kind of honored to be uh invited to do a, a, a speaking role on that album it's sort of a rock opera um and yeah josh is amazingly talented coming up uh, broadway musically i i hope so yeah yeah uh, I, I would go see that. <laughs> Me and like 25 people, I imagine, would want to see that. So uh, at least. 20, 26 at least. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, of course, we'll, we'll put the the link to the album in the show notes That's on right. Spotify. You can find it on Spotify and, and everywhere you find that good stuff. High quality. <laughs> I love it. No, I do actually love it. I, it's so nerdy. It's so niche. It combines... Yeah, I got into digital marketing and, and, and analytics eventually, but I got into it because I started making websites when I was 13. And I started making websites because I was in a band. So that it was always a love of music that drew me to this field. And to see Josh combine a love of music and a love of analytics, um, it was pretty beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, speaking of uh, love of, okay, I just watched that segue. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't have the segue yeah. in mind. I was going to try and wing it. And I speaking of love, so. can an AI fall in love? Uh, perhaps this was the year, of course, that uh, perhaps um, sentience was achieved. I don't think it was, but uh, you read these stories, you know, coming out of Google, like one of their top engineers is, is quitting because he believes that they've achieved sentience and they've surpassed the Turing test. And I think and there was the, the New York Times uh, yes. writer who had uh, almost a, a, a salacious affair with with yes. uh, ChatGPT. That's right. That's right. Uh, I believe uh, it was solicited to go on a date or um, yeah. I think take the, it out. <laughs> I, I think the ChatGPT like, was trying to convince him to divorce yeah. his wife. So, That's right. Yeah. It's, well, I, it was even more than that, wasn't it? There was one where ChatGPT was trying to convince someone to like poison someone. Um, oh, I missed that. So, <laughs> these, so the degrees of hallucination have been absurd. The, 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 the um, you know, I think we're at the height of inflated expectations as it, as it relates to um, LLMs at this moment in time. Um, but I do think it was a really interesting moment, <clears throat> myself included, to understand exactly how LLMs actually work and and to debate this idea of are we at the point of sentience. And I think um, Chris May is someone on on LinkedIn. He's an engineer at Facebook that I, I've connected with many times over the years. Um, he put it really, really well when when he he posted recently and he basically framed up, you know, the current generation of, of, of uh, LLMs will never become sentient primarily because of the architecture. And and I chimed in with, you know, it's kind of like um, humans running the 100 meters. There is a finite time that will always have to, like there's no way you can ever get the 100 meter time down to one second because we're just built with two legs and arms and we have a minimum body weight. You know, you can have the best shoes in the world, the best training in the world, all these things. That's the same thing with um, with generative AI and, and, and large language models is, uh, that you can have all these amazing training sets and, and do all this amazing stuff. But at the end of the day, it is just predicting what word should come next. It's not actually sentient at this moment in time. Um, but I do think there's still, you know, there was all this mass hysteria. Are we all going to lose our jobs? Is, you know, is it going to take everything from us? And look, in, in some respects, yes, it is going to take some jobs and functions away. Um, but just like every other uh, revolution or the industrial revolution we've seen, what it does is then it creates more jobs and more opportunities. And, and I've even seen some of my friends go into... Uh, AI consulting, uh, coming yeah. from an analytics background, which that's a whole that's probably going to be the sexiest job of 2024, right? It's to be a, to be an probably. AI consultant or an AI strategist. So we just have we just have to wait for the HBR article to come yes. out claiming the <laughs> yes, sexiest job exactly. of the 20th century. Yeah, that's right. Until until they say it, it's not true. But um, <laughs> no, it it is a I think it's a very interesting time to be in the data world because of that. And when we talk about barely scratching the surface, I truly do believe we've only barely scratched the surface, and that there is a lot that we can. Um, be doing to democratize access to a lot of uh, analysis functions, right? Even like things like forecasting and um, even get, yeah, getting on board with like predictive anomaly detection and those kind of things. Those I think are increasingly moving out of the world of exclusively being for an analyst and moving into the world of um, just highly curious business users. That bridge is still a little, a little fragmented for folks to cross, but these are the foundations. So I think what we are seeing is at its core, the democratization of analytics uh, or analysis is happening through LLMs. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like the thing that I always struggle with is, um, and I, I was just this is kind of top of mind because I was just, uh, just got access to the, the paid version of, of GPT. Hooray. Um, and welcome to 2023. Yeah, exactly. Just in time. <laughs> just, just, just in the next time. Um, 
And you know they have the, the the analytics feature where you can upload a CSV file and ask it to tell you about the data and what you know give me some statistics and what's happening here. And there's this this issue of um, repli- replicability. Is that a word? Did yes, I just make is. that up? Well, so it's like uh, so I, I okay can, I asked it this time. Background. Yeah, you know it's like okay, what if I want to you know uh, two weeks from now I have a different data set and I want to get the same sort of analysis yes yes uh, and I'm sure there's probably some prompt engineer out there right now saying well of course you just not need to do this and that yeah. and the other thing and like whatever um, but like as a sort of lay user like how like if, if you're an analyst right yeah. and and now you have this new tool that's part of your toolbox and you have to use chat GPT to analyze data how can you kind of get the same answers or the same type of answers right. or is it just like oh well here's what the here's what the chat gpt told me so yeah. i'm just going to plug that into a powerpoint now and then next week when i have to do the powerpoint it's going to be completely different but yeah. hey, that's just what chat gpt gave me right so uh yeah i, I kind of fear sort of for the for the for the junior folks and the junior analysts mm-hmm. on on some respect in terms of how are they going to deal with that and and just you know being able to to understand not just the output but like what mm-hmm. are the questions that you're asking and what what's what what are you trying to get after right right not just right. taking what the machine gives you absolutely it's like the very first time i ever learned how to uh, calculate a standard deviation i had to do it without a calculator and that was all because my stats professor in college was really gung-ho not, not because he didn't think we'd have calculators in our pockets he, he knew we would right this this was still this is already in the era of the of the iphone um but it was that moment of just like you won't know what to look for if in the output if you don't understand how it was created to begin with. And I, I think that, that that is certainly a challenge that, that we're going to have to reckon with. Um, but I, I think there's even, a, I guess, the, the bigger, hairier issue here is just what do you mean LLMs can be lazy? Why is that a thing? Like, you know, I, I look at that and just think like, but they're not human. Like, what, 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 what's driving this? <laughs> so, you know, there's still a lot we need to figure out um, in a lot of places we want to um, ex- explore there. But um, I, I, look, one of the other big areas, and maybe this is something, you know, we talked a lot about AI and media mix modeling. I do think that agile media mix modeling, or I've always called it high velocity media mix modeling, but now I've started calling it agile. I think that seems to be the sort of commonly referred um, vernacular in the industry. I think perhaps this was the year that agile MMM as a, as a, I guess Webster's word of the year, it wouldn't be Webster's, it would be um, uh, Leo's word of the year uh, <laughs> is, is Agile MMM. Um, because I think that phrase is now, I'm hearing it more and more. And of course, you have been a huge driver in this in that you have been uh, at the center of not just this podcast, but also um, the MMM hub. Uh, and now the MMM hub uh, community on Slack. So I'd love to hear about like that. How's that going? Yeah, that's that's been kind of a fun project. It was just a side project when it started off. I yeah. it was just a newsletter because why not? Something to keep me busy and, and interested and um something to try and kind of grow a community around marketing mixed modeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I could see with all of the cookie deprecations and stuff that Apple's doing and and privacy regulations, like clearly like things were kind of shifting in that direction. So it was just my my way of kind of getting people talking about it. Um, so yeah, I started with the newsletter and then, uh, earlier this year, uh, started the Slack community and that kind of took off like wildfire and it's up to, uh, over 400 people in the Slack community. Wow. So, 
Um, it's a lot, and, and it's it's not so many that that's not so much the number of people there, but the discussions that are happening quality are just yes. mind blowing. Like I'm learning stuff there every single day. Yes, uh, by some of the the leaders in the space, like the true like experts, of cutting edge. Um, you know the 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 authors of the open source packages and right. the the people who are like top notch. You know, right. what they're talking about are, are going in there and answering questions, and it's it's great. It's been. Fun. I mean, it's almost like having a having a slight barrier to entry, meaning you kind of got to know about. It's only major like in the other days, right? Like you kind of had to know about it, and so how would you hear about it? Well, you hear about it from someone in the industry who who is active there, or you know, who knows someone who knows someone. Um, and and you know, I've I've been in Facebook groups for Robin. And the questions you get in there are just like, how do I do this very, very basic thing? I've never used this before. And it's the same in any like Google Tag Manager group or anything like that. It's like, how do I track a, a conversion? And you're like, the, 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 I, I understand people who are new to the space. They need help. They need onboarding, all those things. And that is very important. But as we think about furthering the dialogue and we think about building for that next generation, there are a lot of these more complicated and advanced conversations that need to happen. And that's exactly what we're seeing in the MMM, MMM Hub uh, and folks being really... Um, just leaned in and talking about how how do you even go about these really advanced scenarios. So um, if that's something that is of interest to you, I'll be very honest. My knowledge begins and ends. Uh, at a, I've got a very tight aperture on my depth within technical MMM knowledge. But just reading and following along and sort of absorbing the conversation by osmosis is so powerful and educational. So even if you feel like you're not at that level, this is still a great group to join. And be part of it by just by following along and, and seeing what the community is talking about. So maybe we'll throw we'll throw that link in the in the, in the comments. We're gonna have God, this so many we're links. gonna have so many little presents for folks to check out in the comments today. Yeah, and and, and you know I don't want to scare anyone away from from that Slack community because my hope is that right. it can take everyone from like I just heard about this thing called MMM. Yes, all the way through. I contributed to lightweight MMM or, or PyMC right. package, open source package. So I like, I, I, I don't want to scare away like new, I, I want to welcome I, I, new people. I don't want to scare them away either, yeah. but I want to give those advanced practitioners the idea that, by the way, there's a community here that is on your level. And because if you're anything like me and you've seen these other groups where it's like, it's all intro all the time, this has a good mix of everything. So it, do, it does meet, I think, a lot of folks at their moment of measurement maturity. Yeah, and, and there there are some people in there that are sort of like in the intro channel. It's like, hey, I'm new to MMM. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to learn from from everyone. So right, there's a fair bit of that. So and if you're but, looking to uh, hire folks, they've got a job channel in there. It's all it's all go. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and speaking of Spe jobs, speaking of jobs, <laughs> yeah, that was the the big um, highlight and low light. It was the big low light turned into highlights in that we both so. faced the reality of redundancy this year. And we've both been very high performers historically in our own respective organizations. And uh, that's actually what we're going to take a moment to do right now is, is we're going to get in the hot seat and we're going to talk about the realities of making lemonade. And what do you do when you get laid off and, and, and how do you deal with it? Because I think a lot of folks have gone through that this year. Um, you know, a lot of, yeah. You, you never think it'll happen to you. It's it's one of those scenarios that you think like, I'm always contributing, I'm always doing these things. But at the end of the day, um, roles change, uh, companies change, uh, uh, motivations in life and, and all these things, they shift. And so we're never dealing with a static moment in time. There's always progress being made. And um, to, to be quite honest, I look at my own journey and I think like, I needed to, just like a baby bird falling out of the nest, I gotta be pushed <laughs> out of that nest. It's the only way I'm gonna soar. So yeah. with that... Shall we dive on in? Because I'd love to it. take this opportunity to interview someone who's never been interviewed on this podcast. And that <laughs> is Jim. 
Jim, welcome to the Measure Up uh, podcast. Uh, hopefully, you've, you've listened to the show before um, and you know what we're all about. First time listener. Okay. <laughs> long time Long time caller. listener, first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh. See, I, I like to go with first time listener, long time caller. Uh, because <laughs> it feels like, what? Why would you be calling? Um, <laughs> no, so... But 2023 was a wild year for you. Um, after a decade with Bounteous, you decided to go your own way. Um, and you started a company called Causal Analytics. Um, I think you did an episode on it earlier this year. Uh, and, and for those folks who are, who are sitting out there and, and, you know, in similar shoes, maybe they got laid off, maybe they are just looking for a change. Um, in the back of their mind is always, maybe I should start my own company, right? But there's always doubt and there's always fear and there's all these things. So what was the catalytic moment for you? that made you think, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start my own company. Yeah. I mean, well, that's an easy question. The cat catalytic moment was getting laid off. Sure. Okay. <laughs> kind of the, well, the forcing well, function, the, the bird degree, getting pushed right? out of the nest. That right? was the forcing function, but you can either decide to go and, you know, fly and land on mm -hmm. another tree, or you can decide to go and plant a seed and say, I'm going to land on this tree in 10 years, but for right now, it's going to be a really tiny tree. Um, yeah. And I'm going to build it up, but you know, what what allowed you to have that confidence or, or to be confident in that moment that you, you because know, you you're, you're a very hireable guy, like you could very easily go somewhere else uh, to to some, you know somewhere of the bounteous standard uh, and 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 very easily uh, take a role in, in in a leadership capacity. So, what made you want to go on your own here? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was sort of it was incredibly fortunate in terms of of timing. Mm -hmm. And and other uh, other factors. So I my my plan was always to start my own company after I left Bounteous. And sure. what that company was going to do or be was a little bit kind of fuzzy, and I was still trying to figure it out. But the idea was, you know, my next step after Bounteous was going to be my own thing. Um, and my timeline for that was sometime around twenty twenty six or twenty seven. So mm -hmm. um, you know. If anyone's working in a company that has taken on investment equity or been, you know, acquired, or you know, a lot of times there's a five-year plan. You get investment equity, um, and now you have five years to grow and then sell, and then everyone's happy and goes on their merry way. And so I was kind of playing that game and and thinking about, okay, like I have about until 26 until I have to really figure it out. Um, so really, the only thing that changed was the timing of it. It was sort of. The, the timing was accelerated and and, and unexpected, so that was a little bit uh, nerve wracking. But um, you know, I'm also incredibly fortunate, and and I know not everyone has this kind of luxury. It's that I was at Bounties for long enough that um, you know I was able to, to to walk away with a decent severance package, um, mm -hmm. and so that kind of gave me a cushion, right? So sure, um, it wasn't it wasn't sort of the okay. I don't have a job now and I have to find a way to put food on the table and pay the mortgage. I right. had a little bit of a buffer. Um, right. And you know, anyone who is looking to like start their own thing. And, and this is sort of a, the learned lesson for me is, you know, even if you're not looking to start your own thing, you should have six months in savings. And, Absolutely. I thought, you, I thought the lesson was going to be, you should try and get laid off. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, if, but no, it's good yeah. if you can, uh, right. But, yeah, so. but, but if it is in the back, of your, if in the back of your mind, I, I do, I agree. One of the big risk factors to a lot of folks, um, is, is obviously where you are in your life, but it's, do you have the financial stability to take this risk? Um, and, and, and it is a risk. And it's your own personal yeah. situation. Yeah. It's right. Like, do you have a, a family? Do you have wife and kids or are you right, single? Right. Do you, you know, like, where are you at in your, in your life stage? There's a lot of, a lot of factors to, that play it. So I just kind of got lucky that it, it worked. Yeah. I was able to do this. My wife is incredibly supportive. Hi, honey. 
Uh, <laughs> she's in the other room, and you may hear her faintly in the background. Indeed, she'll um, be a guest so on yeah, the I mean, show. Can, uh, <laughs> no, I was saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah do you, living with Jim, what's it like? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. He's oh, constantly analyzing not. the number of eggs we have. Our egg to <laughs> bacon rate is far too high currently. Um, but no, so, you know, as, as you think about causal, um, actually, maybe folks haven't heard of causal. They know they've heard of you, but what does causal do? So I am focusing on marketing mix modeling, big surprise. Ah. Um, that's kind of the, the core focus, but also sort of, and generally, generally speaking, you know, marketing performance analytics, marketing okay. uh, measurement. Um, so helping companies understand how their marketing is performing primarily through marketing mix modeling, but also test and learn programs. So doing randomized controlled trials, sure. you know, setting up experiments, um, or even just looking at other sort of causal inference related methods to understand what's working and what's not. For sure. So if you're like a, if you're a CMO out there or a VP of marketing and you're uh, MMM curious, um, Jim is probably the guy that you want to connect with to have that uh, somewhat white glove approach to, to be able to you know, talk you through how does this all work and, and what does the future look like? And, you know, you've been doing this now for what, six months? Is that, is that right? Or maybe yeah. slightly less? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. About six months. Almost okay. exactly. Yeah. Um, well, how's it been going? Like, are you, are you, are you, do you have clients? Do you, are you feeling good? Yeah, it's you know it's it's fun. It's, Very open question. It's yeah. been going. It's been going well. Um, it suits my ADHD type brain. I've never mm. been formally diagnosed, but I'm probably sure I have some level of that because, you know, it's it's when you when you start a company and you're the only person, like you got to do everything. Sure. And some people would like freak out at that, and and yeah. kind of enjoy it because I like switching, and doing this, and doing that, and right. learning this, and learning that, like learning so many new things. Yeah. Um, the rate of learning has just been incredible, and I, I just enjoy like most people think oh accounting like oh i have to meet with my accountant i'm like this is awesome i get to learn like <laughs> yeah accounting. absolutely uh, meeting with my lawyer and learning about msas and sows and like yeah. legalese i'm like this is great and 15 like, minute gonna... billable windows yeah right <laughs> those are always fun <laughs> i mean I, i'm sure i'll get to a point where it's like okay i've learned this thing now to to a point where i'm okay with it yeah now it's just boring and dreadful for me sure and i'm burnt out but like for right now everything's new and it's kind of exciting so I'm still in that sort of phase mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, just kind of taking care of everything, uh, which has been exciting and fun. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I have, the, the first element, the, you know, the first couple of clients, they're the hardest clients for any, any, any business, right? It's why you, you go to a store and you see that $1 bill they have up on the wall uh, <laughs> that they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll never put in the bank because that was the dollar they made after looking at it going, well, I put all this investment and time and energy and resources into this thing. Let's hope it actually takes off, and and I think uh, what we're seeing is that you do you, you're having some great success, and um, I think uh, at least from what I'm hearing, uh, folks are really excited about what you're doing. Um, but obviously, it's not all roses, right? Like like what keeps you up at night? Like what 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 are your biggest fears about this? <laughs> uh, well, you know, like when you're not working for a company and you're not getting that steady paycheck, you it's it's on you. Everything's yeah. on you. Like you either get some new clients or you keep your existing clients happy or you can't pay the mortgage or put, you know, go to the grocery store and get groceries. Yeah. So there's, there's that, uh, you know, um, a little bit of, of stress there, uh, on that. So, you know, it's all about uh, client acquisition is kind of the, the thing that keeps yeah. me up at night. Like how, like I have clients now I'm good right now, mm -hmm. but it's always like, you know, one of the things before I, before I officially started the company, I talked to a lot of people and one of the common themes was you're going to have, your your main problem is going to be one of two things. It's either going to be 
too much work or not enough mm-hmm. work. One of those things is always going to be true. Yep. Um, and that's always going to be your main problem. And it, it really is true. Um, yeah. It's always like, always in the back of your mind, like, oh, I need, I need that next client. I need that next client. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think. So it, if it, anyone is interested yeah. in marketing mixed modeling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, um, I, I, in fact, very confidently uh, have referred uh, Jim to, to a couple of folks because I know um, his, his acumen. If you've listened to this show, I think you know his acumen as well. Um, if not, go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes and you'll hear uh, you'll hear Jim sound off on MMM. Maybe next year we'll do uh, a Jim Explains MMM show uh, and you can, you can show off your skill set and I can, I can play the uh, unwitting CMO who's re- resistant and in love with uh, multi-touch attribution. Uh, you, 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 you can be my savior in... Um, in 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 uh, I don't know I was gonna say a shining database but anyway um, yeah no I and look it's hard but I I wanted to ask you these questions because I think it's important to be open and vulnerable and these conversations aren't ones that we necessarily have in public um, you and I have had a lot of these conversations behind closed doors but it's hard to put yourself out there and to do these things and I I, I absolutely want to applaud you for that and the fact that you're making things happen and you know we're we're gonna see what causal becomes and 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 if if you had a dream of where to, where's causal going to go? You know, a year from now, we look back on this conversation. What do you hope you've achieved in that time? Yeah, I mean, so I I was lucky um, and to how I kind of stumbled into this whole digital marketing and analytics space. I started my career at a company called Luna Metrics, which some of our listeners may remember that uh, that name, that company. Um, and I was I was employee number five there, and I got to see Robin Steiff, the the founder and owner of that company, grow it. Uh, I started in 2018. She started the company in 2000, either it was either 2004 or five. Mm. Um, but I got to see her grow it all the way until she she exited in 2017, end of 2017. Uh, I hope I'm getting those dates right. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I, I saw that whole progression from you know five people in a tiny little office where we were next to a cement factory where we would always hear George on the on the on the blowhorn saying actually it was some other guy yelling at George or praising George all the time <laughs> uh, the cement factory <laughs> oh, next George. door we'd always hear it cuz and the window was open yeah. cuz we didn't have AC so it was always really hot and you know we'd hear like you got it George or or he would be like completely cussing George out because he uh. did something wrong so like you know early beginnings yeah all the way to you know 45 people in a nice office getting acquired by a company and yeah um and so, so that's you know i figured it's it's one of those things where it's uh it's simple but it's not easy right yes yeah. it's, it's a lot of hard work mm-hmm. um but it's a well-trodden path there you're not inventing anything new you're not curing cancer you're just following the steps to make it happen and, and putting in the hard work and effort so that's my goal is to you know to grow causal analytics as a as a consultancy in this space and see where it can go Nice. Well, uh, I and I'm sure all of our listeners and watchers and viewers um, uh, are all rooting for you and hoping to see Causal uh, just just really grow, uh, but in a, in, a, in a meaningful way, right? I think I think it's very easy for businesses to look at the money and all those things and the potential of oh, oh we could get a buyout and those things. But I think at least from my interactions with you, I know that you're a very genuine, um, down to earth guy and that you really do care about the, the the measurement community and the measurement landscape. And what that really means is that you are putting your heart and soul into this. And I think there are trade-offs to be made there in terms of how rapidly you grow, but also how, you know, how much you seek out stability. And, and I think just based on all the conversations we've had, I, I do think that you've got, a, you've got a really good mindset for um, stable, manageable, intelligent growth, and not just you know growth at the uh, growth at all costs, growth over everything. Because at the end of the day, you know, 
your legacy in business is not defined by what your paycheck is. It's defined by who you help and what you do and the impact you make in the industry. So I think uh, yeah. you're continuing to make an impact. Absolutely. Good. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and now I think I get to ta- turn the tables on you. Oh, oh, this is, uh, this is unexpected. Welcome what? back to our, our, our <laughs> first two-time guest, Simon Cole. Hey, it's exciting <laughs> to be on the show. I've uh, been listening to your recent episodes. The new host is whatever, but uh, you're still a great host, so I appreciate you. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this is this has been a great opportunity to ask you some questions, kind of yeah, along the lame, same lines uh, as me. It's, it's it's kind of scary how similar our, our career trajectories are. Yeah, and it's interesting now because they've kind of diverged, right? Whereas I was laid off and decided to start my own company. You. Uh, were laid off and and t- took a different path. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, you were you were a VP of digital intelligence at W Promote for eight years, um, and now you're you've moved on up to the C suite. Yeah. Uh, your chief data officer at Ignite Visibility. So, open ended question: Is it all that you thought it would be? Uh, do you have your own private bathroom uh, in the C suite, <laughs> or is it? Uh, just behind the door there. It is. It, well, fortunately, I, um, I I get to work from home. I get to work remotely. Um, and and I, I go down to San Diego where the, the, the company is headquartered uh, every every few months. Um, but I guess you could say I have my own private bathroom um, just uh, <laughs> just out my door because <laughs> it's right beside my office. So, so it's incredibly convenient. But, um, you know, I, I think a lot is made of being part of a C-suite in an organization, uh, but not all C-suites are created equal. And, and, and I think... When I looked to join Ignite Visibility, um, I have a few NDAs in place with other companies, so I can't necessarily speak to, to the situation, but I essentially I had a few competitive offers um, at, at the time. And I had to really think critically about what do I really want in life? Is it all about you know short-term capital gain and, and, and those kind of opportunities, or is it really about having degrees of autonomy that I really appreciate? Because in you know at WFO, VP of Digital Intelligence, I, I didn't get hired as the VP of Digital Intelligence. I got hired as a um, senior account manager on the on the on the on the client strategy team. So it had nothing to do with data, but I kept finding myself in data conversations and wanting to do more and really wanted to create an analytics team in in the vision of of a of an account management team. And you can hear all about that on on the episode that that I did um, with, with with Jim earlier this year. But that mentality, the, the the idea that I wanted to have autonomy, I wanted to have degrees of work-life balance, and I wanted to go into an organization that was small enough that I would know everyone by their name, that I I, I would be able to, you know, be, oh, this is what this person, you know, this is, this is what, this is their kids' names. Those are things that I really value in life is is community, autonomy, and at the end of the day, of course, I do need to make a living and, and, and have that experience. And that is exactly what Ignite has offered me, is is that ability to to lead a life that is balanced. You know, one of the things that helped me help convince me that I wanted to go there was uh, the CEO, John Lincoln on uh, LinkedIn. He posted a, a series of pictures right before they gave me the offer of just him playing soccer with his kids. And he's like, I just spent eight hours playing soccer with my kids. And I'm like, if you're the CEO and you can spend all day out there playing with your kids and being a really good dad, that's exactly the life that I want to lead. And I think that you get the best experiences in life when you align yourself with people who share a common um, cultural mindset and 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 you know have that approach. Plus, it's a really great company that is um, that's growing pretty rapidly. You know, we've got PE backing, and so I'm I'm pretty excited about what the next five years have on, have in store for us. But to answer the question, is the C seat all it's cracked up to be? 
it's exactly the same. Um, it's just a, a different title and, uh, you know, it's just, it's building. And I think if you ever let the ego of a, of a title or anything like that, um, get in front of you, uh, you probably, <laughs> you probably aren't a good fit for the job, right? It, it, it should always be about how am I helping others today and how am I, how am I going out making a difference? Yeah. And as far as the, the challenges that you thought you would face, are they, yeah. are, are they what you thought you would face? Are they different, uh, unexpected challenges or uh, uh, are there any surprises there or what yeah, have you seen I, so far? I'd say they're, they're different in the sense that when I built the data team at WFR the first time around, um, it was still decently new in the industry. Not, not that data teams didn't exist in places, but it was it was a, a fairly cutting edge uh, scenario that we, that we were building out. And, and this whole idea of, you know, um, analysis being such a key component of paid media, like running predictive lifetime value um, models and, and those kind of things. But through the lens of paid media, that was still pretty novel. It was some, someone who could bridge that gap was, was you know, pretty advanced. And so a lot of it was trial and error. Now, a lot of what we're doing, you know, the roadmap is pretty clearly defined in terms of what the industry expects or what clients expect in terms of degrees of intelligence that you can bring, be bringing to them and, and solutions you can be bringing to them. The um, team that I have, um, that, that, that I oversee, uh, wonderful. They're a very small lean team um, and they've got a really good skill set. But the, you know, the, the, the scope of what they're working on has always been limited by the framing of what opportunity was in, was in front of them. And I, what I mean by that is really, you know, it's focused on reporting. And so where I'm really looking to level things up is through the lens of data utilization. Um, and the, ch the, the challenge right now is just getting our ducks in a row. And I think it's the nature of any smaller organization and quite honestly, not even just small organizations, larger organizations, you can go to companies of any size and you go, oh, why is the data stored this way? Or why is this the method that we use to get this data here? And all these things that you start to look at. And, and it, you know, it's like, it's like taking over from cooking dinner from somebody else halfway through dinner. And <laughs> you're like, why are the crescent rolls in the oven already? It's, you know, we've got 35 minutes till we're serving. They're going to be cold. Um, and, you know, and, and it's those moments. But at the end of the day, it's also about building that stability and, and building that vision. And so I think what I've spent a lot, a lot of my time on is uh, focusing, focusing on, I guess, Simon's hierarchy of analytics needs. Uh, and at, the, at the very base of that is uh, stability and confidence in, in data security and data privacy. And so I've spent a lot of my time focused on that. Uh, and also finding a lot more conversations I can have with folks about, have you heard the good word about MMM? Uh, and, you know, really like having all these conversations about, you know, uh, the way that you're approaching uh, multi-touch attribution is, is really not going to suit the growth needs of your business. Um, and the opportunity is to work with these um, different types of businesses like franchises and all, all these kinds of interesting business models that I, I've heard of, of course, but, um, you know, had, had seldom uh, had experience with in the past. Nice, nice. And, and what would you say are there are there specific things about your work now that that bring you joy that you didn't expect or that you thought would be enjoyable that that are yeah i i i mean i i knew what i was getting into in the sense of the community i wanted to be part of um i love the camaraderie i love the the just like the again the the friendliness the the we all know each other it, it does remind me of, of W uh, back when I joined originally, it was a it was a very small tight knit community. Um, the one thing I'll say is a lot of them because they're based in San Diego are Padres fans, um, and I'm a uh, I'm a really big LA Dodgers fan, uh, and and so that causes quite a lot of um, disconnect, uh, and I've been shunned a few times. But we now have Otani, and I'm very excited about uh, what the future holds in all future Dodgers Padres uh, rivalry games. Is, is that so, a type of sushi? I'm I'm not uh, it is, with it this. is yes no Shohei Otani uh, glorious individual. <laughs> Uh, that would be an interesting uh, episode to talk about the the analytics of, uh, of baseball contracts. I'd uh, be so intrigued. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, and Save yeah. the Matrix would be so interesting. Save the Matrix, of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, maybe talking a little bit, I know after you left uh, Depre Promote for a hot minute, I know you considered uh, starting your own company. Yes. Um, and then you ended up, like we said, you know, kind of taking the other path and, and going with Ignite Visibility. Um, do you regret not starting your own company or is it maybe too early to tell or, or how do how do you how do you look back on that now and think i mean do you do you have enough distance from that or are you still sort of like i guess i'll find out in a few years or i think the grass is always greener to some degree and yeah. and and there, there's always a little part of me that thinks about it and thinks yes what if and 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 it would be nice but i also a big part of my decision making process was tied to the fact that um, I do, I've got two really young kids. My, my son is turning four next week. My daughter's turning two in February. They are super duper young. And it, they're at the age where I'd be like the pandemic made, it was so fortunate. I got to see both my kids first steps. I got to hear the, like, I didn't just hear, my wife didn't just tell me about it after the fact, right? I was there. It, it happened. I, I, you know, such a part of their lives. And that is so, so important to me. And, and I think my fear with trying to go off on my own at this moment in time w was really, I know myself and I know that I will grind incredibly hard if it's just me trying to do these things that I wasn't quite at that moment in life. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about how we're on similar paths here. I do think our divergence, though, in that scenario is your kids are, uh, are slightly older. And so I think that it gives you a little bit more freedom to make some of those decisions to um, to, to have that flexibility because uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know, just my kids right now every five every minute that i'm out of this room they are hunting me down in whatever room i'm in and i love it it's great but um it, it's one of those things where i go i don't know if i could have handled that um that that burden at this moment in time with that said uh who knows what the future holds and i think there's there's always a little part of in the back of my head that enjoys the entrepreneurial approach but at my in my heart i'm an in, i'm intrapreneurial like i've always done that right and, yeah. and and that that's exactly what i did at w promote and i built that team and so there was this bigger part of my head that was not, can you go out and make it on your own, but can you do this again? Like, did you just catch yeah. the right wave and now you look like an amazing surfer? It's like, I don't think so. I think that I, I made a wave and I, and I, I made the most of the wave that I caught and I can see another wave on the horizon. I'm going to catch that one and I'm going to, I'm going to you know run it back. And I, I feel like if I can do it twice, like that is such a big moment for me to prove to myself that what I did wasn't a fluke and that I actually am good at building data teams. I hope I am. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like yeah, it's it's sort of building that confidence. It's like this yeah. wasn't a fluke. This is you know, um, yeah. Maybe I was gonna go into the the, the idea of like imposter syndrome. Like yeah. you, might, you probably have some some level of like imposter syndrome. Like, oh, oh that every first time. Yes, it was the team around me. It wasn't me. And God, I don't know if I. But yeah, you're proving it right. to yourself that you can do it again. It wasn't a fluke. Absolutely. But, um, awesome. Yeah, and, and yeah, like entrepreneurship has, is yeah. is great. Like it's the best of both worlds, right? Because you're still able to kind of be innovative and and uh, autonomous to an extent, mm -hmm. build your team, and yeah, right, yeah, no, certainly to a degree. But you know, I also think about the the freedom and 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 uh, you know, as you think about the growth of causal, you can take that in any direction you want. Like the, it's an open pasture in front of you. If you decide tomorrow, like I'm going to become an MMM AI consultant, and I'm going to be the very first one, like that's going to be my title, and that's where we're going to go with this, like. That is incredibly interesting, and there is so much potential fruit out there in that field. Um, and and I think you know th th there's a lot of look. I think we're, we're coming. We're, there's a period right now where a lot of folks who did get laid off are going to be starting their own things. And we're going to see a lot of innovation, and that th you're going to get some waves out there that I can't even see right now because 
you're just you know you as, you as you're operating in this way you can pivot that much that much faster versus i'm right now having to make these sort of like two to three year bets and hoping that the industry doesn't change as much as it, as it could <laughs> in that time because i'm building infrastructure right yeah well i mean yeah it's always like a double-edged sword right because yeah exactly as, as a owner i could go i could do whatever i want but yeah. at the same time there's that that risk of just chasing the shiny object that That's, you, you yes. don't get known for or good at one thing and and start to build on that foundation it's you know yeah you, you, it's similar to you i have to make a bet on this thing and then i have to commit to it and that's scary for me i don't like to yeah commit to things yeah <laughs> i like yeah. to yep. kind of move around but um yeah it's it's uh I, I think uh you know mmm is something that's not going away knock on wood um, right so uh, i'm pretty sure that like over the next multi-touch attribution not going away <laughs> like, wow. yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I agree because it, 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 it's the renaissance of MMM, right? It, it, it's the, it's this era that we're in. I, I, I imagine it's not that it could go away. It's more the accessibility. And when, when I think about the accessibility of certain technologies and certain functions, it, it, you know, it is, well, how much of this is focused on the, you know, needing a consultant for it, or is it focused on having a certain platform, but that we're all making bits. And, and I think what you've done by setting your own company is, the greatest bet you can make on on America, frankly, frankly, in that you're betting that America is going to be prosperous and that things are going to grow, uh, because that's that's what starting your own business means, right? Is is and look, anyone who's ever betted, anyone who's ever bet against America being prosperous has lost. It's it's happens. You know, it's, we're we're always going to be um, successful as long as we bet on ourselves. And I think I think you're uh, you're making a good bet. Yeah, I mean, you you when you bet on yourself, you you either. Well, I don't know. You either win or lose by yourself, <laughs> but I guess that's not always the case. But yeah, no, no. it's 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 just putting yourself in, in control of your own destiny, yeah. and not not just saying, "Oh, someone else is going to take care of things," right? Um, which is both exhilarating and and slightly terrifying too. So totally. But I'm sure you'll look, you'll look back on this in a few years and think like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And and the degrees of autonomy and just life changing elements you'll have will be will be profound. Um, the space needs people like you. So it, it is a very good niche that you're, you're honing in on. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of what are you going to be doing next? So like you, you're here at, you're here at Ignite Visibility yes. for the next foreseeable future, probably the next four or five years at least. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing here, you haven't told me yeah. this. Um, but I, I imagine eventually something will happen that uh, you'll probably move on to the next thing. What, what would the next thing be for you? Do you have an idea on that yet? Or are you still just kind of oh, being it, it, in the yeah. moment and- it is very early days. Um, I, I I look at um, you know the nature of PE cycles is is as we chatted with Mark Fisk about in our recent episode. Um, you know it's a it's a five to six year cycle, um, and, and it's one that uh, in, in a new in with an acquiring company, there's a good chance that they'll look at me and they'll say, "We really want you to stick around. We want you to grow these things. We want to build these things out." And I think that's a decision that I'll need to make at that moment in time about where I see myself going um, on on that journey. With that said, I really uh, um, I love the idea of uh, exactly what Mark was talking about um, when, when, we, when, we chat, when we chat with him about going around and consulting with different organizations um, in, a, in a measurement capacity or, you know, in, in just holistic MarTech and growth and data and all, all these elements bringing it together um, and helping guide these companies toward profitability. Um, so I would love to get into that. But also, I, I guess just selfishly, I want to retire decently early in my life. And I still want to be attached to like the, the business world to, to some degree. But I want to start a dog rescue with my wife, you know, like these, these are the things that 
when I talk about like, like I want people to remember me for being a, a good member of the community, but I also want people to remember me as being a good human. Uh, and and that all ultimately comes back to the impact that you leave on the world. And I think that um, you know, uh, starting a dog rescue with my wife would be something that we'd love to do. So whether it's start a rescue or do something associated with animal welfare, um, that would be something I'd love to get into. Even though it's nothing to do with data, uh, maybe <laughs> it is. Maybe, maybe there's something to do with data, and there's some analysis that we could do about you know shelter clearing rates and like essentially ways to optimize the adoption cycle and i think there's a lot of opportunity in in the in these worlds that you know you really have to love it to do it because it's not you're not doing it for the money but i think if you can bring a data-driven lens to getting dogs adopted that's a wonderful thing in life so i that's what i hope to do i love that i I did not know that about you because that's yeah something new that's great there you go um well you know we've gone a little bit longer on this episode it is we don't yes. really do this is, is a bonus treat for our, our listeners who love listening to us talk yes. uh but we probably should uh start to wrap up a little bit do we want to talk about uh what's coming up in 2024 what we think is going to be maybe some of the yeah. hot talks yeah let, let, let's give folks a preview and then i think uh, you said you're going to be singing the 12 days of christmas at the end to close it, close it out <laughs> um today but no we, we jim and i have um been very fortunate to get a lot of really great guests this year um, but, what, but I think what we've found um, as we've gone through, as we've t- talked about different guests um, and, and talked about the, the kinds of topics is, is really we started to go through a degree of topic classification, which has, has led into, because why wouldn't you as, as analysts, we, we sit there and go like, let's actually think about the schema of these topics. Um, we, you know, we started to think about really these three core areas being there's the social component, the, the human interactions and team building as we think about, you know, storytelling, um, project design, leadership, mentorship, project scoping. These are all important elements in the world of data. Um, of course, data utilization has been what we've really heavily focused on with MMM, MTA, experimental design, predictive models, and, and, and so forth. And then, of course, um, there's the world of data enablement as we think about data collection, technical architecture, analytics tools, GA4 visualization. All of these topics are incredibly uh, 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 deep. You, 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 we could spend all day going down one of these holes. But what, what we really want to do is help build a community for well-rounded digital an- or marketing analysts, right? It, it, because I, I don't think you can have just one core skill set and be a phenomenal uh, d- data analyst. I think you really have to expose yourself to these other areas and, and be mindful of that. Um, and so that's why we do have some amazing um, guests coming up. Uh, Jim, who do, who do we have uh, coming up in the next few weeks? Uh, few we have we have some good ones. So we have uh, we have Chad Henderson who's going to be coming on to talk with us about data contracts. That's right, which uh, is going to be quality data governance. Although yes, the incredible world there. Well, if you've seen him um, on on LinkedIn as well, he talks a lot about the idea of a data contract. I I'd heard the concept, but I'd never really invested time in learning it, learning about it. Now I'm reading a lot of his content, going, okay, this is actually potentially something that will change the fundamentals of how data organizations work. Um, so I think I think that's going to be a very very engaging episode. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have uh, Josh, Joshua Dodson who's going to be coming on, and we're going to be talking with him about uh, marketing measurement in the higher ed space. Uh, so kind of thinking broadly about that, I know he's a big proponent of MMM. Uh, he's recently also started his own consultancy. Speaking of hey. a lot of flowers blooming, absolutely. Uh, and we have uh, Siobhan, uh, Siobhan uh, geez, I'm going to butcher the name and now she's probably not going to come on. Oh. Siobhan Solberg. Indeed. Who is going to talk with us about privacy and all things related to privacy, which is going to be, you know, uh, the one of the topic du jours of 2024, privacy, cookies going yeah. away, third-party cookies being yes. deprecated by Chrome, 
Well, maybe. We'll see. Um, <laughs> so Shaban's going to come I, on. I believe uh, 1% of uh, cookies uh, will be deprecated in Chrome on January 1st uh, is the latest news I, I've seen. I, you know, I saw that too. And I just, I had a moment earlier today, like literally an hour before yeah. we started recording, where I logged on um, to to this, to to our service here. And it, it popped open a little message in, in Chrome in browser and it said, um, third, third party cookies blocked. Oh. And it gave me a little bit of message oh. about it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I, I thought that I thought this wasn't rolling out yet. How's Stop the press. So, yes. I mean, maybe I'm, you know, beta tester or something. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Well, do you maybe it's coming. like edit this cookie on or something? But yes, that I mean, yeah. it is coming. Um, there's a lot of hoopla around that. Just yeah, as you're noting, those privacy challenges. I mean, um, as we look back at this year, you know, clean rooms are meant to break out. And I still think I, I'm still seeing a lot of chat uh, chatter about them and, and discussion. But I don't know if they've. Uh, I don't know where we are in the clean room hype cycle. Uh, I don't know if we're still on the way up, but I don't know. There's a lot of talk and not much, um, not much activity, um, at, at least at this moment in time. So who knows? Maybe we'll get someone on to talk about clean rooms next year. Um, I, I've been recently reading about uh, interoperable private attribution uh, with Ben uh, my, Ben Savage is talking a lot about that. My second kind of my second favorite IPA. Hey, indeed. <laughs> the uh, I was trying to think of another acronym for IPA other than uh, other than the beverage. Um, <laughs> there must be one out there, like uh, yeah, intelligent pirate um, attacks. Uh, <laughs> it's a new kind of yes. cybersecurity warfare. Uh, no, but but there, there are uh, an array of, of of topics and content out there um, that I'm I'm just beyond excited to talk about. Yeah, and uh, what I'm excited for is to hear. From our 546 subscribers and listeners hey. out there, and you know, podcasting is can can be sort of a lonely endeavor where yeah. it feels at times like we're just talking to a wall uh, or to each other. Yes, um, and there's not a lot of interactive back and forth with our audience. But this is the chance we want to hear from from you, our lovely listeners. We do. What do you want? us to talk about what topics are interesting to you that you'd like us to have some interesting guests on what guests are there specific people that you think would be great to have on uh on the show um and to let us know uh what you want to listen to what you want to hear about who you want us to talk to there are a couple ways they can do that simon what are what are the ways that they can uh, let us know this well i believe the first way is carrier pigeon um which of course is my my preferred method of communication but if they don't have a carrier pigeon handy, of course, they uh, if they're a Spotify user, um, we do have that Q&A feature on there. So they're able to go and, re and respond there. But they're also able to um, uh, just connect with us on LinkedIn and, and, and Twitter. Um, you may think that both Jim and I have uh, dozens of people writing us every day, but that is not the truth. Um, <laughs> we I may have had, I you know, I've had, I think, of like three or four folks have reached out and said really like the podcast and, 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 and they've been really lovely and kind about it. And um Look, it just makes our day. Uh, and, and and it is, look, for every person that reaches out, there's probably 10 who maybe thought about it. And we would love to, one, establish those relationships. Um, but two, just, you know, even if this is the prompt, but any time, reach out. You know, we're, we're, we're both very active on, on, on LinkedIn and, and, and Twitter. So we would absolutely love to hear from you there. And, and this is something I just thought about. I haven't run it by Jim yet. Um, so Jim will be surprised by this too. Uh, yeah. Next year, we are going to get uh, some stickers. Uh, and I think we'll be, yes. yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll send out some stickers, uh, with some, some pictures and some, some, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get some quotes on there. Um, all kinds of, all kinds of fun stickers. Uh, so stay tuned for that, uh, because we would love to see our pictures on your laptop. Um, <laughs> that, that, I'm, that, I'm here for the stickers yeah. and swag. 
Good. Excellent. That's Maybe we'll, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any like absurd swag. Like, you know what I've always wanted is um, a little um, like a mint chocolate, but in the shape of a ruler uh, because it would be a measure mint. <laughs> oh, I'll be here all week. Oh, yes. I know. Measure mint. I actually have looked into that and no one will make them for me. So if you out there, if you own a chocolatier or some kind of candy making operation and you are able to make custom candy in the shape of a ruler, I want to hear from you. Uh, and, and maybe we'll get those sent out to folks uh, as well. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Simon, when when the chocolatiers have you down and, and all of 23, 2023 has you feeling down, what, what do we always do? Well, when everything's got you down, it's time to measure up. Well, my friend, you've made it to the end of the show, which means you either found it so riveting you couldn't turn it off, or you're out for a jog and can't easily hit the skip button on your phone. Either way, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know who would find it helpful. And please, as a personal favor to me, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this and leave a rating and review. That helps others find us, but more importantly, shows that you're a thought leader who cares about your craft and wants others to join this tribe. 